Hey, welcome to episode 80 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Can't believe we're already back and can't believe we're already up to 80 episodes as well. Anyways, let's talk about a variety of topics this week, starting with the Edmonton Oilers, Minnesota Wild, and St. Louis Blues that have all fired their coaches. Coaches for the longest time have seemed to have caught the blame as the scapegoat of a team when a team doesn't play for a a long period of time and it's really argumentative if any of these coaches should have been let go Craig Berube, Dean Evison all were really really good coaches I think the onus is on the players I think the players don't take enough responsibility when these things happen and the players really need to be looked at a little bit more and maybe a roster trade or a shakeup of the roster might be a better answer because it's hard to believe that with only 32 hockey teams in the entire world that the best are not selected as coaches I get it sometimes voices get old sometimes people tune them out after a long time but let's look at one of if not the greatest legendary coach ever Scotty Bowman never got fired I mean he walked away from teams and stuff like that when he wasn't going to see the evolution of the team the way he saw it whether you like the guy or not a lot of people have said that Scotty Bowman is quite the disciplinarian so I think at one point professional athletes kind of have to live up to their end of the deal they are professional athletes whether you personally like somebody or not you got to buy into the system And if you don't, maybe the cause is the player or players versus the coach. So I hope all three of these men get their next opportunities in coaching fairly quickly. Because they were all really really good coaches and quite honestly it's really getting annoying to hear things like professional athletes losing confidence or feelings hurt or it's time for a change time to do your job time to play that's the problem because if you look at a lot of these rosters that these players are on they're good rosters with a lot of talent on there there's no reason for the teams not performing that being said that gets us right into our next topic goaltending and that has been and remains a problem in Edmonton the position of goaltending has just changed drastically there aren't the stars there anymore there are no Martin Brodeurs there are no Patrick Waz there are no Henrik Lundqvists it's a different world and goaltending contracts Four goaltenders have taken a sharp decline, as they should, because it seems like now the trend is and has been for a couple years and looks like it's going to be here for at least another five years, is a 1A, 1B kind of rotating goaltender. If you're not a true number one and you have to rotate between two guys, that's fine. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but the contracts no longer hit the six-plus million dollar per season numbers. You can't pay people that. You can pay a Patrick Waugh that. You can pay a Martin Brodeur over that. They're all eight, nine, ten million dollar goaltenders. But the current definition of a goaltender, there seems to be a really, really declining position in the game of hockey. And whether it's that everybody thought it was too easy and didn't require the training and development that other positions play, can't believe that would be the case. That would seem absolutely insane to say the least. 
whether people are just on autopilot, but also the goaltenders now seem to have a cookie cutter mold. Now, the one thing I don't agree with goaltenders is I don't know where the obsession is coming from that if you're not six foot four, six foot six or something, you suddenly can't play goal anymore. I have a real problem with that. And for a mechanical reason, if nothing else, it's great that you're six four, six five, six six or bigger, but mechanics wise, you have a whole different skill set you need to develop. Being able to get down in that butterfly style, be able to close quick, be as flexible in things as you need to be, that's going to take a whole different skill set than it would for a smaller guy. And smaller guys can rebound, can bounce around quicker, can get up and down quicker and things like that. So I don't buy that the new mold, if you will, of a goaltender, oh, if he's not six foot four, 215 plus, he's not a goaltender. And you're like, that's insane. That's nuts. There's been a lot of really good under six foot, under 200 pound goaltenders. Quickness for a goaltender remains one of, if not the top tier skill because the pucks are coming at them faster, because they're coming at different angles, because they have to get across faster. Lateral movement, agility and all that has not waned in importance. So I don't know where those views are coming from, but goaltending is definitely under a redevelopment almost from an entirety in the league. It's almost like if you have an average goaltender that at least won't lose you the game, that's okay. And unfortunately, those salaries for those kind of players aren't going to be that great in number for sure. But Edmonton's major problem remains goaltending. Now, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens as they are one of the teams that seem to have a surplus of goaltenders where most of the other league has a shortage. I think with Samuel Montembeau signed to a new contract, he's definitely one of your goaltenders. With Caden Primo's resurgence and quality of play this year and growth that he's shown, I think he's your other goaltender. So unfortunately, the odd man out, unfortunately, the odd man out is Jay Gallon. And that's mainly due for two reasons, age and injuries. He just, although he's played really well this year, given them some solid goaltending. I'm not questioning that at all. Unfortunately, his injury history and his age has to be the determining factors. He's a very affordable goaltender, $3.85 million per season. So maybe that's the answer to the teams that are losing their goaltenders, such as Carolina, the team that can't seem to have solidified goaltending in Edmonton. And they're not the only two teams in the league. Buffalo is looking for some stability. Maybe Jake Allen has an opportunity there. The question is, would Montreal actually trade within their division a player of that type? And I don't actually know if they would. Now, I mentioned we'd be jumping around on a lot of random topics on this issue. And the next one up is the Washington Capitals. I hope the move to Virginia is not a power play. It would call into professionalism and credibility in a very, very negative manner if it is. Hopefully this is not a move by the ownership of the Wizards or of the Washington Capitals to gain upper hand or leverage. It's getting really old when professional sports franchises of any sport in any league try to hold cities hostage to squeeze every last dime they possibly can out of them. Their product is already more than expensive enough. People are already paying more than their share for tickets, parking, concessions, apparel, all of that. Stop raping the fan. Stop raping the consumer. Okay, you've made your money. You're not entitled to destroying people to make more. That's just ridiculous. So hopefully the move is a legitimate move. Glenn Yakin has gotten involved and created a very, very good business plan. It works for everybody involved. Hopefully this is not a leveraging game because it would give the NHL, in addition to the 
owners of those teams a serious black eye and a serious call out of lack of profession. So hopefully it's not that. Hopefully this is an up and up deal. I'm for it. I hope the move happens. They obviously need a new arena. They obviously need new facilities and things like that. Virginia has presented them with that opportunity. Hopefully it's nothing more than that. Going back to the Montreal Canadiens for a moment, but a different topic, let's talk about the obsession that people are like, oh, can you imagine if Montreal could acquire Sidney Crosby? First of all, I doubt the ownership group would allow Sidney Crosby to be traded. Sidney Crosby, the term lifer that's been applied to a lot of things, I think definitely fits here. I think he's got a solid career in management and maybe even in partial ownership after his playing days are over with. But for everybody, it's like, oh my God, wouldn't you want to see 87 in a Montreal uniform? No, I wouldn't. And it's not because I don't think Sidney Crosby is an outstanding player. It's for two reasons. Is he, first of all, a star of the league? Yes, he is. But you're not going to recapture the days of Guy Lafleur with his hair flying all around, screaming down the right-hand side of the ice and scoring goals. That was Guy Lafleur. This is Sidney Crosby. You're not going to relive that. So all of the nostalgia needs to stop. It, it's really more of a fantasy dream than anything else. I don't know what's causing things like that. I don't know if people think that's going to put more people in the stands. It's not. Okay, that's number one. But the real reasons, he's 37 years old. How many more years? Let's say he plays until he's 40. Would you really mortgage your team's future? to put him in a Montreal uniform for three years. Which, by the way, isn't going to be the difference maker of the Canadians winning the Cup. The Canadians are not a 37-year-old version of Sidney Crosby away from winning the Stanley Cup. Now, there's teams like Dallas? Yeah, that could help. That could definitely help the Dallas Stars. That could even help the New Jersey Devils. It could help the New York Rangers. It could help the Florida Panthers. It's not the difference maker or the equalizer for the Montreal Canadiens. It's just not. They're further away than that. Even if you brought Melkin, Crosby, and Erickson. No, it's not enough. Not to mention the fact, what would you have to trade to obtain Sidney Crosby? And I'll bet... It would be something like a Caden Gooley, a 2024 first-round pick, a prospect, a prospect level, by the way. Not just any prospect, a level prospect. Like Owen Beck, would you really trade players like that for Sidney Crosby? Because they all have 10 to 15 years ahead of them. Sidney Crosby at best five, probably three. And still isn't even going to be around when the Canadians are ready to win the cup again. It's just that kind of logic that I just cannot wrap my head around. People go, oh my God, we got to get Sidney Crosby. Oh my God, the Montreal Canadiens should at least listen if he's available. No, they shouldn't. No, people got to stop wanting to sign these best years behind them or getting up there in age and not having a lot of years left and wanting to either sign and just saddle the team with ridiculous high contracts or mortgaging away the talent that the team has drafted or acquired. And the real question is, do people really want to see the Montreal Canadiens put together a team that will be a every year contending division winner deep into the playoffs to at least the conference final levels and legitimate team to win the Stanley Cup every year? Or do you just want to randomly throw things together and see what happens and then complain about it? That's what I'm wondering about. I'm wondering which side of that argument most people are on. Because it's becoming apparent with the desires of how people said they should have obtained Huberto. They should have obtained Pierre-Luc Dubois. They should obtain Sidney Crosby. Who 
Who's next? Alexander Ovechkin? Really? I mean, stop throwing money around. Stop band-aiding the team and really put together a legit contender. And that's what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are doing. They're building a long-term, stable, winning franchise with Caden Gooley, with Arbor Jackeye, with Jaden Struble, with David Reinbacher with Logan Mylou, with Lane Hudson, your defense, with Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, Owen Beck, Philip Massar, Sean Farrell, Joshua Raw. They're putting the pieces together. Let them build it. Stop trying to tear it apart for a quick fix or obsession or a trip down memory lane of, oh, can you see 87 in the Montreal uniform? No, I don't want to. He's a great player. I got nothing against Sidney Crosby. He's been fantastic for the league. He's had a fantastic career. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. He's not what Montreal needs right now. If Sidney Crosby was 24, 27, we got some something to talk about. But still at that point, Pittsburgh, even if oddly they were willing to part ways with them, what would they want for him? And you know they're not going to sit there and go, ah, give us a couple of like late round prospects. Give us like a um, Quentin Miller, Raphael Harvey, Pinard, Blake Biondi, Jack Smith. Give us players like that. We're good with that. Not really. I mean, if you can get them for that, great. But it's not going to happen. Talk about a dream scenario. That's just like living a pipe dream. They're going to want legitimate prospects. As much as I don't think Justin Barron is a long-term defenseman in Montreal, I think he's going to be a uh, trade chip or a Matthias Norlander. Those would be a couple of players I might consider. But still, for a 37-year-old guy, does anybody really believe Sidney Crosby would be happy and even accept playing a third-line center position? Because you can't demote your captain, Nick Suzuki. Kirby Doc is solidly in place as the second-line center and played and raised the skill and quality of Uri Slavkowski and Alex Newhook, his wingers, significantly. Suzuki and Caulfield were made to play together along with either a Joshua Waugh or a Sean Farrell, amongst a few options. Do you really think Sidney Crosby would be happy and sit there and say, oh yeah, I'll take a third-line position? Doubt it. He is too... Too proud, too much of a leader, and too much of a gamer and used to calling the shots to accept that line position for another club. Or even his own club right now never is going to happen. And while we're talking about players that either he could play with or that already have established lines of their own, can anybody, what's with the obsession? Oh, Nick Suzuki's never going to amount to a point per game player. Yeah, he will. He's had all of his initial line mates taken away from him. He's being asked to play since, truly, he's the only real center still on the team. I mean, yes, you have Sean Monahan's and stuff like that, but he is the star number one center on the Montreal Canadiens. And every night, he has to go up against the opposition's best. Not only scoring threats and match that, but defensively as well and playing close to 20 minutes a game. That's asking a lot from a player who, by the way, you also took all of his linemates that he played really well with away, such as Cole Caulfield, which is why Cole Caulfield isn't scoring. Skilled players need to play with one of two types of players. They either need to play with players that enhance, offset, or have a different type of skill to theirs that completes theirs, or they need to play with the type of player that provides them and can cause a lot of space 
for them on the ice. So either they need to play with players that can create space for them so that they in turn can showcase their skills and actually play their game because they have the space to do it. Or they need players of equal but yet different talents. Maybe a distributing center for a sniper shot winger or something like that just as a random example. And they need to play with their own type of players. That's why Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are having issues this year. That's why Cole Caulfield only has seven goals. He doesn't have that intuition player to play with that pretty much knows where each other's are and where each other's are going to be, like Suzuki and Caulfield do on a regular basis when they get to play together. He doesn't have that. Now, maybe it would be different, and if he was playing with Kirby Doc, that's a skilled player. That's a distributing center. That's a big center that can create space for him. That's another skilled player that can draw players away from Cole Caulfield, because Cole Caulfield isn't suddenly the only threat and skilled player on the ice. Now they got to watch out for multiple players. It's really easy to shut star players down when there's only one. When there's only one person on the ice that can score like they can or play make like they can and they don't have anybody else to do that with, that's really easy for an opposition to take them out and shut them down. And suddenly people want to throw Cole Caulfield under the bus. It's like, oh my god, we were hoping for 40 goals or 50 goals. It's been so long since we have a 100 point season player on the team. Yeah, I get it. I feel the pain with those things. But until you get these players equal talent for them to play with, you're going to have these kinds of inconsistencies. Not to mention the fact Montreal has just set a record, unfortunately, that I'm sure they don't want, aren't proud of, and would rather get rid of for the last three years in a row now with injuries. And this year kicked off with Kirby Doc missing 80 out of the 82-game regular season. I just hope he comes back stronger than ever and this is the end of that man's injuries because Montreal really needs to move forward and not only project but have their lines in place with those players so they know who they're playing with they know what kind of skill they're dealing with and have on their line with them and they can get down to business and really make progression that they want to make rather than just kind of spot checking if you will or developing and saying well we made an improvement here but not here we don't have consistency here but we have consistency there this would be the last year of that kind of development from here on out now you got to start seeing pieces and players falling into place i think the starting six defensemen though are starting to show themselves clearly i think your starting six defensemen are going to be david reinbacher logan mylou and either arbor jack guy or Jaden Struble on the right side. That's going to finish out the right. Then on your left will be Lane Hudson, Caden Gooley, and Arbor Jack Guy or Jaden Struble, whichever one's not on the right. Those, I think, are the starting six defensemen. Unfortunately, that leaves a lot of talent without a spot. But I think your Matthias Norlanders, your, your Adam Engstroms, and those kinds of players are all going to be very valuable trade chips, or they will be depth players as long as Montreal can keep them, but once they turn 27, will eventually go somewhere else. And Montreal, I have no doubt, Ken Hughes is a very smart man, and he will trade those players away before losing them for absolutely nothing. That is one very positive thing that I really like about the new Montreal management, and that is that they don't seem to want to lose any anything for nothing. They want to acquire some kind of asset for anything coming through and departing from the team, which is great news because I think Montreal lost a lot of draft picks in the past by letting players either just walk away or going, well, you know, they're free agents, so there really wasn't anything we could do. 
you can always retain assets or obtain assets. On that note, thanks again for tuning into episode 80 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Have a fantastic weekend.